This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu for more information. Richard Fain is chairman and CEO of Royal Caribbean Cruises, the Miami-based global cruise company that operates 36 ships under the Celebrity Cruises and Royal Caribbean International brands, among others. He joined the company in 1981 as an outside director and became chairman and CEO in 1988. He spent 13 years before that at Gotas Larsen Shipping, a London-based owner-operator of cargo ships. Knowledge at Warden asked him to update us on the cruise business. Richard, thanks for joining us. Bobby, thank you for having me. As an employee of Warden, I'm very curious about the fact that companies and hopefully educational institutions are now using cruises to hold business meetings, seminars, new product introductions, even conventions. What, what's your take on that part of the business? Is it growing? And what kind of feedback do you get from companies that do this? Actually, it's interesting because that's one of the fastest growing parts of our business. And um, for us, it has two particular attractions. One is it's the highest revenue earner in our business, which I find fascinating. And two, also interestingly, it has the highest satisfaction. So from the organizer's point of view, they have a captive audience. The audience enjoys themselves, and they really can keep them all together. And from the participants' point of view, they seem to have the opportunity to do the meetings that they need to do, but they also um, have it in such a wonderful atmosphere. So for us, it's, um, it's a business that we're really working to expand. It's actually uh, close to 15% of our business today. Interesting. Uh, I know that the the old image of cruise passengers has changed. It used to be they were older people. They stuffed themselves as much as they could and played shuffleboard all day, et cetera. Uh, now I know you have things like rock climbing and, and inline skating and, and water parks and even surfing on the ocean. What are some of the new newest things that are available to cruise passengers? Well, you know, there was this this old image of cruising, um, which was it really appealed. Well, I would never say this, but there were people who used to say that cruising was only for the newlywed and the nearly dead. <laughs> and uh, that never was a fair representation. Uh, in fact, our average passenger last year was 42 years old. And our income level is very much middle America. We're looking for family income of fifty to seventy-five thousand dollars. So we're really not looking for little old ladies in tennis shoes. We're really looking at the average American. And one of the reasons that we offer so many of these uh, exotic type activities is not only because it's fun to do and the people who do it love it, but also because. You can't very well have this stereotype that this is for an old sedentary vacation and still see people surfing on board or people rock climbing or uh, ice skating or the professional shows that we do. Um, so it not only helps because people enjoy it, but it helps break those old old stereotypes. What are some of the other demographics? You said 42 is the average age. What about men versus women, singles versus married, uh, business travelers versus vacation people? I know you said 15% of your business is now now actually for companies, but... um, what are some of the other demographics? Uh, very much a cross-section. If you, if you took a snapshot of the United States and you took a snapshot of our passenger base, you'd be remarkably similar. Um, 51% female, 49% male. Um, we have um, uh, 
we, we have married as a large percentage of the population, children, family groups, and growing multi-generational groups. So uh, children, their parents, their grandparents, et cetera, all in one group. Uh, historically, actually, we haven't done as well in attracting minority groups. Um, and so that's something that's been growing very quickly. Uh, Latinos has been one of the fastest growing minority segment that we've been going after. African-Americans has been an ethnic group that traditionally we haven't been as successful in appealing to. And that's growing fairly quickly. It's also a large growing group of people uh, with disabilities who are finding um, that the ships offer unique, unique access. Uh, in fact, we were very pleased that we just took a group of um, over 3,000 deaf people on one cruise. And everybody said, you can't do that. And it was wildly successful. So we do, we do a lot in appealing to different demographics, but basically we they're across the board. Almost any interest group, um, any um, age demographic group you can think of uh, will be there. Have you been able to capitalize on the fact that people are so fed up with flying? I think one columnist recently said that taking going on an airplane is like being held hostage. Uh, have you been able to kind of get some of those travelers over to, to the cruise ships? And also, what about land-based vacations? Are you competing more with them? Well, we've always competed with other types of vacations, um, but we compete very successfully, I'm happy to say. And people find, in fact, if um, if you take a cruise and if you survey people who have taken a cruise and a land-based vacation, 94% say the cruise is as good or better than the land-based. So satisfaction levels are terrific. One of the advantages of cruising is it, it does eliminate a lot of the hassles of traveling. You don't pack and unpack. You, you pack once and that's it. Um, most of our people still fly to our destinations, but they don't have to. One of the interesting things is that 60% of the American population now lives within driving distance of one of our ports of call. So if you want, you can drive. Um, but if you fly, it's only one flight and you're there and you eliminate a lot of the hassle once you're there. Yep. Uh Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke used the word recession this week for the first time. I know it pains us. Yes, I know. Now, of course, the obvious question is, is your business hurt by the economic turmoil, and what do you do to counteract that? Well, uh, it has to be affecting all businesses, and it has to be affecting all of us. And, of course, the economic situation is also hurting us indirectly because um, – um, the downturn in the U.S. economy is partly f to blame for the impact on the U.S. dollar, and that, of course, affects many of our costs, including our fuel costs, which is horrific. Um, but it, the interesting thing is how well cruising is held up. Um, you would expect, and many people think of cruising as a luxury, and a luxury, a discretionary expenditure, that's the first thing that has to go. The fact is, over the last couple of years, we're looking at increased bookings, increased pricing. We've grown about 10%, and we've raised our price. We filled all that extra capacity and raised our prices about 5% on average. Um, and so little I, nobody says they're recession-proof. I think we're proving to be recession-resistant. And the reason for that seems to be two things. One is cruising is simply something or vacationing is something that most people no longer consider a luxury mm -hmm. but a necessity. The other thing is, unfortunately, cruising is still too cheap. Cruising is still uh, cheap by relation to other vacations. 
And um, um, the result is that you can take a cruise, and if you look at it, it's probably cheaper than what your alternative would be. Okay. Uh, I know it's a very competitive business. Carnival is still the largest cruise line. But not the best. Not the best, no, right, just the largest. Um, How do you make sure that when people think of taking a cruise, they think of you first? Well, um, that's both a marketing question, but also I think people underestimate the importance of of word of mouth and the importance of of the service to accomplish that. Um, I actually joined this company 20 years ago, and I remember being asked when I was joining, you know, Richard, I took a cruise and the service is so amazing. How do you create or how does your company create such amazing levels of service and um, standards of of, uh, satisfaction? And I said at the time, that was 20 years ago, I don't know, but I intend to find out. And 20 years later, um, I'm still shocked at um, the men and women who work so hard, and we have about 45,000 of them, that work um, day in, day out, long hours, long weeks, um, hard work, and they still convey absolutely that they're enjoying themselves and that they're, they're and like doing it, and they're successful at it. In terms of getting more people to come and in terms of getting people to come on a Royal Caribbean or Celebrity or Azamara or Pullman Tour Cruise, um, the way we do it is we simply offer a better satisfaction than others in our competitive set. People consider their vacations highly and they think about them and they talk about them. So people come back and they tell their friends about them. And so in each of our competitive markets, in each of the segments that we focus on, we aim to provide the best quality product in our competitive set. And that's how we continue to get more, more guests and more profits. Okay. Uh, I, I suspect that more and more cruise passengers are bringing their cell phones and their laptops, et cetera, on board. Is that creating a problem in terms of any disruption, or is it just a bad idea for people to do this when (laughs) when they're on vacation? Uh, On the one hand, it's a bad idea because you really are on vacation, and we all wish that we could just get away from the office and just Mm -hmm. enjoy ourselves. But it's a fact of life, and uh, my job isn't to think whether this is good or bad. It's what people want. And so the fact is people want it, and so we have to provide it. So on most of our ships and shortly on all of our ships, uh, your cell phone will work just as if you're walking down the streets of a different city. And so if you were, if you flew to London, your, your cell phone would still work, and it's the same thing. You don't have to connect anything. You don't have to sign up for anything. It just works, and that functions. Um, I'll leave it to others to decide whether that's good or bad, but it's what our customers demand, and therefore it's what we provide. All right. Uh, there have been reports in the last year or two about health problems in some cruise ships, mainly stomach viruses or whatever. Is this something that you, uh, your company has needed to worry about in terms of perception about the health and safety going on a cruise, or are these problems now kind of, kind of behind the industry? Well, I think um, it's it's interesting. First of all, we have to worry about them in fact. You always have to worry. The, the primary 
uh, concern is always the health and safety of our passengers and crew. And so we put great effort behind that. Um, in addition to that, you have to worry about the perception because the perception often differs from the reality. And I, I mentioned that when it comes to cruising. Mm -hmm. um, people's general perceptions of cruising is sedentary is wrong. And some of the early publicity on some of the stomach flu outbreak uh, was also misleading. And it's, it is true. We have stomach flu on cruise ships. It's actually the second largest illness in the United States. And so something that affects um, some 20 million Americans also affected several hundred cru cruise passengers. But I think we've actually, by, by being upfront about it and by being um, clear with the facts, working with the Center for Disease Control and others, I think we've been fairly successful in people understanding that you can get sick on a cruise ship. You can get sick at home and bring it on the cruise ship. Um, you're probably safer if you get it at home and bring it on the cruise ship because we, we're better able to take care of you. But, um, but I think we've done a, a pretty good job of educating the public that, in point of fact, um, cruising has, is safer than probably most other things you could be doing. Okay. You mentioned in an earlier conversation that you have been on 10 full cruises uh, while you've been working at the company, which of course sounds wonderful, except that then you have to remember that you're actually probably working during these cruises, or at least that you can't relax. What is your biggest management challenge, aside from having to go on these cruises? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I have the best job in the world. Uh, there's absolutely no question about it. I work for a wonderful company. I work with people I respect and admire. Um, you, you can't get a better job than I have, and I enjoy every minute of it. Um, um, one of the perks is you do get to go on cruise, and my family love it. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit in a fishbowl, so I may not like it as much, but I still enjoy it. And um, the big challenge has always been and will continue to be um, getting the best people, keeping them motivated, keeping them – have them feel they have good jobs and that they're enjoying it too. Because if they don't enjoy what they do, they can't provide the kind of service. And if there's one thing that differentiates cruising from almost any other vacation you have, it's a choice. I said one thing. I'm going to give you two. Two. One is choice. You can do almost anything you want on a cruise ship, and so you get more alternatives to choose from. And the second is you will get a level of service that you're not used to in, in almost any other thing you may be doing. All right. My last question to you is if I took a cruise this year, I would I would find a certain number of activities and, and service and, and you know places I could get off at. But say I took a cruise in three or five years, what how is what would I find that's gonna be different? What's new that's gonna be coming up that hasn't hasn't quite hit the industry yet? What new service, what new, you know, type of, of place that you would go to or what you know, what, what's kind of the hot new thing coming up in cruising? Well, our our mantra at Royal Caribbean is continuous improvement. Um you know, there's no such thing as perfection in any human endeavor, but you constantly get better. You constantly learn. And uh, our best inspiration for the future is what our guests say they're looking for. So we're constantly on the lookout for what they're doing in other places, what we can imagine that they can do. I mean, 
let's face it, who would have imagined five years ago that somebody would want to go rock climbing on a cruise ship or surfing? And yet the popularity of those is just overwhelming. Uh, I think what you will see is you will continue to see more and more destinations that you can go to, more and more interesting places. The, the cruise offers just a, such a wonderful way to see places and to see it in an interesting way and in a non-threatening way. Uh, less hassle, none of the security lines, none of the um, packing and unpacking that you would do if you tried to do this some other way. Um, so one is you'll see more places to go, and you'll continue to see. Uh, we have seven ships on order. You will continue. I can promise you, you will continue to see new and different things. So we've recently announced that our newest ship has a lawn club. You can play croquet on real grass. Um, none of these putting greens on fake grass. You'll do it on real grass. We have glass blowing, glass blowing operation in conjunction with the Corning Museum of Glass. So it's as, as broad as your imagination is, I think the cruise industry will try and satisfy it. Great. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for your interest. I appreciate it. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.